Good morning, church. I greet you all in Jesus' name. I really count it a great honor to be here with you today. And I want to say a big thank you to Pastors Chinedu and, and Dorothy for inviting me. I count it a great honor. It's been about 30 years that I've known these amazing pastors. And one of the reasons why I'm here today is that over the years, I've increasingly come to appreciate, I've increasingly come to really understand and affirm the grace and the gifts of God in their lives. And you are recipients, you are beneficiaries of those grace and gifts of God in their lives. So that's one of the reasons why I'm here. But then, God also gave me a word for you. I was invited and I was given a theme. And then last week while I was praying and preparing for this time together, the Lord gave me what I will call a word before the word. A word before the word. God told me, God gave, God told me there are some people in the, in the congregation this morning, you have been waiting on the Lord for some specific things. And he told me also there are some watching and joining us online today who have been waiting on the Lord for some specific things. And the waiting has been long. And you are wondering and you are asking, how long more will you wait? How long more will you wait? God has given me a word for you. And it's from two scriptures. Romans chapter 8, verses 22 to 25 in the Message Bible. So that is why waiting does not diminish us. Your waiting will not diminish you. Say loud amen to that. Your waiting will not diminish you. It says, and any more than waiting diminishes a pregnant mother. Hear this. We're enlarging the waiting. God is going to give you some enlargement in your waiting. Your waiting will not be in vain. So we, of course, don't see what is enlarging us. But the longer we wait, the larger we become. And the more joyful our expectancy it reads further. Meanwhile, hear this. The moment we get tired in the waiting, God knows that some, or even every one of us, at some point we get tired in the waiting. We get tired. And there's somebody in the house today. There's somebody online today. You're already getting tired waiting. God knows that. So the moment we get tired in the waiting, God's spirit is right alongside, helping us along. Let's say amen to that. So that you're not alone. And hear this. If we don't know how or what to pray, it doesn't matter. This is the Bible. And there is somebody in the house today. You have fasted, you have prayed. Even pastors have prayed for you. Brothers and sisters have prayed for you. 
friends have prayed for you. You, you don't even know how and what to pray again. God said I should tell you, it doesn't matter. It, why? Because he, the Holy Spirit, does our prayer in and for us. Making prayer out of our wordless sighs, our aching groans. Then he continues to verse 26 and 28. He says, he knows us far better than we know ourselves. He knows our pregnant condition. He knows what you are waiting for. And keeps us present before God. Hear this. And that's why we can be so sure that every detail in our lives of love for God is warmed into something good. God said, I should tell you something good. Something good. Something good. Something good. We come out of your waiting. Your waiting will not be in vain. And he told me to pray for you before I get into the message this morning. So we bow heads in prayer. And those online, join us in this prayer. Father, you gave me this word to give to your people whom you have identified and recognized as waiting on you for a while now. And you have concluded it by saying something good is coming out of the waiting. So let it be. In the name of Jesus. And we'll give you all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. The good news I have for you is in the second scripture. In, In the second scripture which you can read on your own. And that's Psalm 60, Psalm 20, verse 3 to verse 5. I'm going to focus on only verse 5. God said, I shall announce this to you who have been waiting. May we shout for joy over your victory. There is a shouting that is going to happen because of a victory soon. And God told me to tell you, and this was last week, in my encounter with him. Some of you, the shouting will be during this Thanksgiving that is coming. The church, your friends will celebrate with you. Because your waiting will soon be over. Your waiting will soon be over. Say, so we will shout over your victory. Your victory will not be hidden because it's going to be the Lord's doing and it will take all the glory. Let's say amen to that. Today, the main message God has given me to share with you is from the theme given to me. From James chapter 1, verse 1, the Passion Translation. I love, I don't use that translation often, but I love the way it's put there. But before we get to that message, 
you know, some of you probably know that I teach. And one of the things teachers do is teachers give quizzes. So I'm going to give you a quiz this morning. I'm a teacher. Do I teach in grad school, but in, in college level, we give quizzes. I have only three questions for you. I'm going to leave to the discretion of the pastor regarding who is going to get the prize for the quiz for today. Question number one for the quiz. And if you know it, you just raise your hand and you tell me. What are the top three fastest growing religions in the world today? What are the top three? If you know it, just raise your hand. And you raise your hand and then you, you, you. What's that record? Okay, tell us. Top three fastest growing religions in the world today. Islam. Hindu. That's what she knows. That's a great attempt. She got two out of three. So that means she's made the job easier for the rest of us. Okay, let's, ap let's applaud her. Somebody wants to try what is the third fastest growing religion in the world? Christianity. I wished. That's why we're having Mission Sunday. That's why we're having this Mission Sunday. Can you imagine? We're not even number three. That's ridiculous. Romantic. Humanism. Great idea. Anyone? One more attempt. One more attempt. Oh, that young guy. Can you? Oh, I see your hand. Yes. Okay, let me help you. Because everywhere I have this question, most people don't get this number three. The Sikh religion. S-I-K-H. The Sikh religion is the third fastest growing, actually the second fastest growing religion in the world. Number one is Islam. Number two, is the Sikh religion. Number three is Hinduism. Number four is Christianity. But God wants to reverse that. Say amen to that, somebody. Amen. That's why he gave the vision to this, to the, to the leadership of this church and the missions department in this church and the evangelism department in this church to, to get us into doing the kingdom mission. Look, let, me go to the, let me go to the next question. What are the top three missionary sending nations in the world today? Top three missionary sending nations in the world today. Top three. If you know, just let me see your hand if you know the answer. Let me see, if you, if you know the answer, then I'll call you. I don't want to call the missions director because missions director should know it. Thank you. I, I am very confident missions, our missions director knows it. All right. The hand at the back. Great attempt. Three mi top, top three missionaries sending nations in the world. You want to stand up? United States? Uh-huh. Three. Okay, that's one of the three. 
how I wish Nigeria was. Nigeria is actually, Nigeria is actually not in the top 10 now, among the second top 10. But we're getting there. Say amen to that. From the overflow, I'm sorry, I should recognize you. England, great attempt. Okay, to help us. The top three, America, the US, that's number one. And the other two, Brazil, China, or South Korea. Those are the top three mission sending nations in the world. So you are in, you're in, you're in America, you are in the nation that is number one in the world. And so as fountain of the living world church, we need to contribute to boosting even mission sending from this nation. And that's why I love the video I saw about what you are doing about missions. The third, don't show the screen of the third question yet. Let me ask the question before you should, because the, the screen has the answers. Don't show the, don't show the third question yet. All right, the third question I have for you, and it's one of the reasons why I do Mission Sunday. What are the top three languages in the world? Or what are, what are the top six languages in the world, spoken in the world? The top three or the top six? Then, then they will show us on the screen. If you know it, okay. Number one, Mandarin. Number two, English. Spanish. What's your name, sir? Uche, let's applaud Uche. He got the answer perfectly right. You may then ask me, why are we really interested about top languages? If you want to reach the people, you need to know their language. Many people who are outside the gospel today, who are outside the kingdom of God today, speak other languages other than English. Jesus is after the outsiders. Whether it was going after Zacchaeus, whether it was going after Peter, James, and John when they were fishermen, before he told them that they would start fishing for men. Whether it was about going after Saul of Tarsus, Jesus is after reaching the outsiders. And that's what missions is about. That's what mission, and that's why I'm here today. On that screen, you find the other languages. So that if you have the bandwidth to study an additional language from English, you know the language to go for. You, you know the language that the people that have not been reached speak. About a hundred years ago, there was a man called William Townsend. He, he visited a nation in Latin America. And he went with English Bible. And one of, the, one of the citizens in that nation, one of the local people said, do you have the Bible in my language? If your God is that smart, why does he not speak my language? And that was what led to the birth of Bible translation. Language is critical for missions. And that's one of, the, one of the things I want you to take away from today's Mission Sunday. Identify languages that 
only people groups in the world speak. And if there is one of them you can learn in order to become to join God, to participate in God's mission to the world. So let's get to our, our test for today. In James 1, verse 1, it reads, Greetings, my name is Jacob, and I'm a love slave of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm writing to all the 12 tribes of Israel who have been sown as seeds among the nations. Each one of us, you and I, we have been sown as seeds among the nations. Can you just turn to yourself and say, I am. I am. I have been sown a seed among the nations. Turn to your neighbor. Say, you are. You have been sown a seed among the nations. Let's say amen to that. Be conscious of this fact. If there's something you will take away from, from this Sunday, Mission Sunday, remember you are a seed sown. Not by man, but by Jehovah God himself. He has planted you. Everywhere you go, everywhere you are, just see yourself as a seed planted by him. You know, I just can't hide it. Whether I'm in a gas station, I found myself talking about Jesus. When I go to Best Buy, Traders Joe, there are sometimes I do honeydew list for my wife. I do grocery shopping. When I go to Traders Joe, I go to Target. I go to other stores that she uses. I find people there, whether in the cash registrar, I just cannot help it. I just let people know. I, but I, I try to listen to the Holy Spirit. How do you want me to communicate you to this person? And he speaks back to me. Because I see myself as a seed sown among the nations. I see myself as a seed sown among the nations. When I'm, on, when I'm traveling anywhere in the world, I was in Vietnam not too long ago. And I was flying from Ho Chi Minh City. And I was, flying, I was flying to Hong Kong, and there was a guy beside me. I, I got upgraded. I don't, I don't have the money to buy the first-class ticket, but I was upgraded to first-class. And this guy was sitting beside me. And I told the Lord, how do you want me to communicate with this guy? And he told me the questions to ask him. God told me, first of all, don't tell him you're a pastor. Don't. Tell him... First of all, your profession as an actuary. Your, your position in investment banking. So I got talking to this guy who works with IBM. When he got to know my original profession as an actuary, when he got to know my work for 17 years with the Citibank affiliate in investment banking, that got his attention. By the time where our plane was landing in Hong Kong, he told me he was a Buddhist, but I could pray for him. When you see yourself as a seed sown among the nations, you can't help you but talk to people about Jesus. I was invited to Indonesia. That's the largest Islamic nation in the world. 
I was wondering, who am I? Why did you invite me to Indonesia? They said I should come and tell my story. I was born into a royal Muslim family in Ibadan, Nigeria. They said I should just, when I became a Christian, I went to the professor of mathematics in my, my university. I said, I want to change my name. He said, no, it's a change of life you need, not a change of name. I didn't know the meaning of what he meant by that. Now I know why God told me not to change my name. I left, I've left, my name is one of the names of Prophet Muhammad. Teslim. It's on my U.S. passport. It's on my dri California driver's license. So I was invited to Indonesia to come and speak, just to tell my story. The governor, they don't use the word, yeah, the provincial governor was in attendance. The head of Congress was in attendance. Over 20,000 people were in attendance that night. All I did was to just tell my story. How Jesus changed my life. How Jesus redeemed me. First night, over 2,000 came forward when I asked for people to give their life to Jesus. I thought they didn't understand my message. I, I learned a little... Language is important. If you have been to Indonesia before, I, you know, I learned a little bit of it before speaking that night. Trimakasi. Trimakasi is thank you. So after they came forward, I said, maybe you didn't understand what I'm saying. They went back and they came back again. Second day, the same thing. Third day, the same thing. When you see yourself as a seed sown among the nations, you cannot hide it. You want to share this love with people. Seed soon among the nations. In engaging or unpacking this subject, I'm going to look at it from three perspectives. I'll look at it from the biblical basis for Christian mission. And then I'm going to share with you, within the time left, examples of evangelism through acts of kindness. And then I'm going to share some, if we have the time, some stories of personal evangelism. So, soon, see, soon as seeds among the nations. I put it there for evangelism. And we're going to answer these following questions. Why evangelism? What evangelism? What is evangelism? Who are we doing evangelism with? When? is evangelism. And then where is evangelism? With. So beginning with the why. God mandates and commands his people to evangelize the world. You are familiar with these scriptures. I'm going to run through them, but I'm going to still read them because it's the word of God. So therefore, in Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20, it said, go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I command, I've commanded you and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Go. Make disciples of all nations. Number two, in Mark 16, verses 15 and 16, it says, he said to them, go into all the world. It's, about, it's all about going. Turn to your neighbor. Say go. 
Okay. Say it this way. He said we should go. Who is he? God said we should go. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. But whoever does not believe will be condemned. The Bible tells us that then the disciples, in verse 15, went out and preached everywhere. And the Lord walked with them and confirmed his word by the signs that accompanied it. Talking about why evangelism again. In John 20, 21, Jesus said, Peace be with you, as the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. In John 10, verse 16, he said, I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. God woke me up this morning to emphasize this. That you know, there are some people that God has ordained to be, to be part of this congregation who are not here yet. There are other sheep. So he said, I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice. And there shall be one flock and one shepherd. That's one of the reasons why we do missions. To bring those who are outside the kingdom into the kingdom. Now we've seen the why of evangelism. Let's look at the what of evangelism. There, you know, why am I even talking about the what of evangelism? The, the reason is because it's interesting that we can be in church. We can even be doing evangelism and not really know the full meaning of evangelism. Evangelism is more than just talking to people. It's more than that. I'm going to share with you what evangelism is. Number one, it is communicating the gospel in the power of the Holy Spirit to unconverted persons at their point of need. Hear this. With the intent of effecting conversions by bringing them to repentance of their sins. This Elman Town's definition. And to put their trust in God through Jesus Christ, accept him as their savior and serve him as their Lord in the fellowship of his church. So it's not enough to just talk about it. They need to be enlisted to serve. It goes further. Evangelism seeks to bring people into the visible community of believers. So telling people about, about Jesus is great. You need to bring them to the visible fellowship. I was on a flight on Friday, two flights actually, one from Ontario in California to Houston in Texas. And a young lady was sitting beside me. The first thing I do when I'm sitting with a lady, I try to just put my hand this way so that the lady would know there is no vacancy. I'm married to a lovely, beautiful, godly, amazing, virtuous woman. But then, not only to boast about that, but to make the lady feel comfortable. But I still have one agenda. I'm sown as a seed among the nations, even on that flight. And I asked the Holy Spirit, how, oh, where do I start? And how? 
It, first of all, I know the, the duration of the flight. It's three and a half hours flight. Okay. Holy Spirit, we have three and a half hours on this. And he told me how. Got long story short. She told me about her mom. She's also married. When I told her I'm married. The summary of it. Not only did I introduce her to Jesus, by the grace of God, I'm not boasting about this, I'm just sharing with you, too. She will get to Texas and get her mom and herself in church. When you're sown as a seed among the nation, you don't allow any opportunity to go by. Not only talking about Jesus, bring them to church. Number two, evangelism involves witnessing in word and deed to what God has done and is doing and will do. Hear this. Not just preach the gospel, but embody the gospel. Don't just preach it. Embody the gospel. Number three, evangelism is possible, hear this, only when the community that evangelizes the church is a radiant manifestation of the Christian faith and has a winsome lifestyle. You, you must be a radiant manifestation in the city of Orange, or West Orange, or East Orange, whatever city God has planted you, as a church and as individual families. Or hear this, the medium is the message. Can you imagine however pure the water is if the pipe is bad if the pipe is polluted if the pipe is is already defiled nobody wants to drink that water again a couple of years ago a city in michigan their water got polluted they couldn't drink water from the pipe again same with you and i let your remember the medium is a message let your life reflect the message you are preaching if you want the people to drink in the message you're trying to communicate to them, let your medium be clean. Let your pipe be clean. In John, 1 John 3, verse 9, it says, No one who is born of God will continue to sin because God's seed remains in them. They cannot go on sinning because they have been born of God. Number four, evangelism is a process of communication. It's also the sharing of the good news that God reigns. Then number three, who should evangelize? Who? You. The answer is you. We find that in Matthew 5, 13 and Matthew 5, 14. Hear me, God has no plan B. You are his only plan. In Matthew 5, 13, it says, you are the salt of the earth. You know, God has no plan B. He has no one else to do it. You are his plan. You have been sown a seed among the nations. See, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled on the foot. It says in verse 14, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Yes, Matthew 5, 14. Sown as seed among the nations. 
missionaries of God. The next question is, how should we evangelize? And I pick the responses to that from those verses in Matthew 5. Assault. Evangelize assault. Evangelize as light. And then I, I give you some additional. These are things that I was doing a prayer walk. I live in a community where I have the privilege every day. I was telling pastor before the service. Two, at least two miles a day. And I will be doing prayer walks. Anytime I have an invitation to speak, I try to listen to him and I try to talk to him during the prayer walk. But I also pray for my family. I pray for friends. I pray for my job. So while on my prayer walk, these came to my mind for how you should evangelize. One, by caring. You've got to be caring. You've got to be compassionate. Two, by daring. You've got to be bold. You've got to be confident. Three, by sharing. Tell your story. Tell your story. Number four, when should we evangelize? The Bible tells us, answers that question. In season out of season, when it is convenient and when it's not convenient. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2, it says, Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. Just be prepared in season and out of season. And then he, Ecclesi- I love this. Ecclesiastes 11 verse 6. It says, sow your seed in the morning. And at evening, let your hands not be idle. So I don't wait till weekend. I don't wait till Sunday. Sow your seed in the morning. And the reason is given there. For you do not know which will succeed. Whether this or that. Or whether both will do equally well. Next question, where should we evangelize? Reading the missions mandate we read before in Matthew and Mark and John. One, all nations. That's why I love it. You are talking about North Africa. All the world. All creation. The next question, with who? And what should we evangelize? This is very important for you and I. With the Holy Spirit. Acts 1.8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria. And to the ends of the earth. In wrapping up today, I want to give you some examples. When pastor sent the invitation to me and the theme, said, tell your stories. I've told you some of them. So when I told the Lord, this is what I was told, to tell my stories. God said, tell them other stories as well. These are some other stories I want to share with you. And I'm sharing them, giving God all the glory. I'm not boasting about any of these stories. A couple of years ago, we moved into another city in California, and my wife and our kids decided to move to another congregation, and I didn't introduce myself who, I, uh, who I've been and what I've been doing. I just took time to be praying. Lord, whatever you want me to do in this local church. 
the lead pastor identified me and requested me to volunteer as a missions associate pastor. And the rest is history. These are some of the things. So we had a missions team and we came up with some of these. Number one, reaching the homeless. We, as a congregation, decided to reach the homeless. Buy all the blankets and everything for caring for the homeless in our city. Number two, the Boys and Girls Club. We went to the Boys and Girls Club in the city. And under that, we also went to the juvenile. I never knew. We had so, so many juvenile prisons in California. I never knew. And the sad story is that once they are discharged, they get back to the prison again. So we got to see that that's another area where we have been sown as seeds among the nations. We want those who are discharged to be transformed so they don't need to go back to prison again. And the results are there. God led us to give scholarship to some of them to go to college. Some of them are in our church today. Seeds sown among the nations. Number three, baseball. This is fun. We, during the baseball season, we decided to customize baseballs with John 3.16, God so loved the world. And we mobilized about 100 members of the church. We go to the baseball stadium when there's, a, when there's a match between two high schools. And we divide ourselves into, into the two camps. And we go with drinks as well. Cut long story short, the coaches of several high schools, baseball teams, players of several high school baseball teams ended up knowing Jesus and some of them coming to the church sown as seeds among the nations, even in the sports arena. Number four, that's another interesting thing. We have, a, we have coffee houses around, I'm sure you do. In the city of Monrovia, which is close to the city where my church is. So we have a coffee house that is patronized on Fridays by probably close to a couple of hundreds. And we, we, we decided to go with our worship team, Christmas time. And we told the manager we'll pay for everybody that will patronize that coffee house that evening. No alcohol. We paid a thousand dollars. And our worship team was just giving in the background Christmas carols. And some came to know Jesus in the process. Sown as seeds among the nations. These are those who will not be in church. But we went to meet them where they are because we are sown as seeds among the nation. Starbucks. We decided to go do the same thing in the Starbucks after church service one Sunday. We talked to the manager before that Sunday and we said we're going to pay. We pay 500 bucks for everybody that comes to that Starbucks that Sunday. And then the manager will give us approval to share the gospel with them. And the rest is history. Some got to know Jesus and came to the church. Number six, 
The pastor did not know about this, but he shared the story with me of what, of what the vision God has given him. Pastor Chine told me this. This morning, I was so much elated. I was so much that this God is amazing. That you already, I mean, you already implanted in him some of the things that he was giving me to share. So in, we have in our city, city of El Monte, we have the Chamber of Commerce. As a church, we joined this, this Chamber of Commerce. And they invited us, our worship team, to come and sing in their annual conference. Beyond that, we also provided drinks for them. Soda, non-alcoholic drinks. To call the long story short, some members of the chamber are in the church. And the next election, the next mayor of our city is from our church. You can't... Go ahead and, go ahead and applaud the Lord. We give God the glory. You can impart your city for Jesus. See yourself as soon as seeds among the nations. Mission trips, I know you're already doing this. We go to Mexico every year. We go to Cambodia, the Philippines, Benin Republic, Ghana, South Korea, Indonesia. Name it. Mission trip is part of the avenues of seeing ourselves as soon among the nations. Shopping mall. I cannot end this without this message without sharing this with you. Pastors Chinedu and Dorothy know my wife and know my my wife's mom. Thoroughbred evangelist. The reason why I'm sharing with you is because at times, some things we don't know, we don't know we are entitled to them. So in 2009, 2008, not even nine, that's about 13 years ago, we discovered that we could apply to the mall, the management of the mall, for evangelism, because whenever we went for evangelism in the mall, there would be some interruptions, or some people would be even challenging us, kind of a thing. So we, we started applying since 2008. We get approval every month to do evangelism on Saturday, and they will, it's free. They'll give us a space, they'll decorate our table, they will provide security for us. Free. And we do this evangelism in the mall. And people getting to know Jesus. Soon as seed among the nations. One of the largest malls in the nation is in the city of Ontario, where we live. And people come from all over the world to that mall, from Asia, from Europe, from Africa. And we, we get approval. They'll give us the table. They'll give us even the tablecloth. Give us the chairs. They'll ask us, how many chairs do we need? It's as many people from the church we're bringing. We don't bring a crowd. We get about three, three to five people. And they'll provide security men for us. For all the hours we are going to stay there, soon as seed among the nations. You can, I can talk more, but because of time, I need to wrap it up. I have some stories on evangelism which I have requested some people to read. I don't know whether there are people here who are ready to do the reading of those stories. Are they ready? Okay. 
Okay. Can they come and read? These are people that I, what I share with you today, I shared with them. And then they went on evangelism and see the results of the evangelism. So let's do it quickly because of time. Who are the people reading for me? Because of time, we'll read only three instead of five. Are you here? Where are you? Oh, you have the mics. Okay, go for it. with manual labor because I know I'm still making a difference and I don't have to talk to people. So to put it lightly, this assignment wasn't the easiest for me. I decided to go to Target for my outreach assignment. It worked out because I needed toothpaste anyway. I decided to go look at movies because I have a couple Marvel movies I need to watch before the new Avengers comes out. There was another guy there looking at the same movies I was. For this assignment, let's call him John. We started talking about how we were excited for the movie to come out, and at some point the conversation turned into music and what bands we liked. I was listing off some of my favorite bands, and when I said Skillet, he stopped me and asked if that was the only Christian band I liked. I couldn't believe how well this conversation was working itself out. God definitely met me at the very edge of my comfort zone. I told him that I actually attend a Bible college and have a strong relationship with God. I told him I'm actually looking for a random person to share my faith with for one of my classes. He got really excited about that and went on to tell me that he was new to the area and was attending a local community college. He told me he had found a church he was enjoying, but he was getting discouraged because a lot of people there were older and he was having a hard time making friends at his college who had a relationship with God. He said most people just wanted to party. What I intended to be a 10-minute trip to Target ended up with us sitting down at Starbucks and talking for almost two hours. We both talked about our churches growing up and how our faith had been challenged and confirmed growing up. At the end of the conversation, we added each other on Facebook, and I told him that if he ever needed to take a break from the atmosphere around his school, he was more than welcome to come hang out with me at mine. I'm aware that this assignment was meant to be us showing God's love to someone else, but I can honestly say I received just as much, if not more, in the process. Without a doubt, I believe that God was willing to let me get just out of my comfort zone without breaking, and that's where he met me. Amen. Summary. After today's Mission Sunday, God has given everyone, each one of us, an assignment. Hear from him where your assignment is. This writer of this testimony saw Target store as the destiny for for our assignment. Next. Next story. For this evangelism assignment... I was actually a bit unprepared. I knew the assignment was due, but I was anticipating preparing for it and intentionally going out to meet and share my testimony with a stranger at another time. This is not how this event unfolded. 
I actually woke up and went to an appointment to do my taxes. After the appointment for my taxes, I realized I had a little more time and I decided to go and have my hair cut. After waiting for a while, for a little while, the barber was ready for me and waved me over to the chair. I sat down and explained to him how I would like my hair cut and we began engaging in small talk as, we, as he started cutting my hair. At first, our conversation went as conversations usually do when one gets a haircut. He asked about my day, if I had the day off and what my plans were. I explained to him that, I was, that it was my day off and I was running some errands. He then asked me what I did for work, to which I replied that I was actually an unemployed student and that day was actually a day off my classes. At this point in the conversation, he asked me what I was going to school for and how I liked going to school. This is when I suddenly felt the Holy Spirit press on my heart that I needed to share my testimony with this man. And I was also suddenly reminded about this assignment. I told my barber, who I, was, who I will be referring to as Jeff, that I was in school for biblical studies and that I enjoyed it very much, despite never being much of a student in high school or before. He replied that he had a sister who was about to graduate from college with a minor in biblical studies from Biola University. When he said this, I asked if he was a Christian. He said he was not that him and his sister grew up in separate households, and while she was educated, grew up as a good kid, he had grown up on the streets and doing things that weren't exactly good Christian things. I saw this as a perfect opportunity to share my testimony. I told him how I only recently became a Christian after many years of living a similar lifestyle. For the sake of time, I won't go into detail about the details of my testimony that I shared with Jeff, but after I was done, he seemed pretty surprised. After I had explained to him my coming to Christ, he remarked that he never would have guessed that he never would have guessed that about me, judging from my looks. When he said that I respond, when he said that I responded by telling him that God is a healer and a redeemer, and that when we choose to follow Him, we are not bound by our previous mistakes and life choices, but that we are made into new men. I jokingly told him that if, I hadn't, if it hadn't been for God, I'd probably be a much ugly man, missing a few teeth and fingers. And then with a more serious tone, I told him, if it wasn't for God's love and forgiveness, I would most definitely be a crushed and broken man living under the condemnation of my old life and that, and that there's no way I'd have the courage to share my testimony with him. Jeff responded pretty well to my story. He remarked that he believed in God and Jesus, and even though he doesn't go to church as much as he'd like, he still prays for his family and for Thanksgiving. I decided to invite Jeff to church and told him about some of the different men's ministries that are offered for guys like him. After praying, I told Jeff to have a blessed day and that I look forward to seeing him at church. I feel like one success in sharing my testimony with Jeff was that he might have heard the love of Christ from a different perspective and maybe from one he could relate to on a deeper level than before. I feel like the most difficult part of this assignment was just mustering up the courage to share my testimony, to share my story with someone I have never met. Thank you. You know, that's, that was in a barber shop. There were people like you and I. 
They go to Target. They go to barbershop. People like you and I, they also have their fears about even sharing their story. People like you and I, they were so transparent, telling, the ch telling you and I the challenges they faced. There are a group of about 100 of them that the Lord helped me to coach and mentor and teach and then to send out soon as seeds among the nations. One more story. Um, this, is, this is a story by Jessica Jones, a potent 2018. Je Jessica, by the way, is a grandma, but she was one of this group. Go ahead. I decided to go shopping and share my testimony with someone whom the Holy Spirit directed me to. I went to the 99 cent store. I shopped and didn't feel led to speak to anybody. So I was leaving and walking towards my car. There was a young man who was handing his CDs out. He approached me to give me one, one and, and he told me I could have it for free. I said, no, thank you, and continued towards my car. I was holding my stuff in the car, and then I felt the Holy Spirit tell me to speak to him. I thought about my testimony, and then I said to myself, why would he relate to my testimony? My testimony is how I was a victim of domestic violence. I didn't understand, but I decided to call him back. So I called him over and began asking him about his CD and why he was giving it away for free. He explained to me that he hopes people will sponsor him as he gives them away. I told him that he was working really hard doing this. Then I asked him if I could share my story with him. I explained to him how I went through abuse and how God saved my life. I asked him if he ever if he was a believer in Jesus Christ. He said yes. Then he began telling me how it was crazy that I was telling him this because he is going through domestic violence right now and he's scared of her because she, was, she has caused so much hurt and she has made it impossible for him to keep jobs, friends, or have other relationships. In my head, I thought he was exaggerating about the control she had over him. Then all of a sudden, he looked like he had seen a ghost behind him. And he said, there she is. She always knows where I am. So I turned to look, and she was slowly circling the parking area watching us. He quickly walked over to the car. I could see the fear in his face. As he spoke with her, she left and he walked back over to me. I asked him if he wanted to receive Jesus Christ in his life now. I told him that Christ would see him through this situation and that he told and that and that the hold on him would be gone. I told him that Christ died for him to be free. Jason agreed to pray with me. As I prayed, I opened my eyes to look at him and Jason had his hands up and his head bowed. We were right there in the parking lot as people walked by. When I was done praying with him, he said he felt better. I gave him money for the CD he gave me. I didn't get his number to check on him. He said his phone was not working. He said I could contact him through the website on his CD. 
The success of sharing my story was that Jason felt understood and not alone. My story resonated with him and he felt comfortable to share what he was going through. This led him to pray to receive God as Lord in his life and as a God that he would surrender his situation to and be free in Jesus. The most difficult part was trusting that my story was of some use to this young man. The greatest strength of my gospel presentation is that I offer them Jesus and leave it in the Lord's hands to meet their needs and to touch and change their lives. I think the weakest part of my gospel presentation is not sharing more of how God is. I probably should have talked more about how much God loves him. The most surprising aspect of this was that he was going through domestic violence as my story and my story was right on. God knew exactly what he needed. It was just a matter of me being willing to put myself out there to serve. I was totally blessed by this experience. I do witness to people when I go out. It's my evangelistic gift that God has given me. I will continue to go out across the land and into the nations to do his work. Let's rise up. Let's rise up. In, in closing, I just want to read the scriptures we read at the beginning. In conclusion, it said, My name is Jacob, and I'm a love slave of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm writing to all the 12 tribes of Israel who have been sown as seeds among the nations. I want to pray for you this morning as a congregation. I know I've given you so much within the time, and I really th thank the pastor for even giving us some 10 extra minutes. Um, but I believe what you have had today, which is what God has given me to give to you, will be such that will make you remember you are sown as seeds among the nations. Let's pray. Father, I want to thank you so much for your church, the fountain of the living world church here in Orange. Thank you because in this church you have communicated that each one has been sown as seed among the nations. As they step out this week, Lord, I pray that the Holy Spirit will remind them of this scripture and the stories they've had today and all the scriptures they've read today that indeed they have been planted by you, sown as seeds among the nations. Father, we pray, Lord, that indeed, just like the stories we've heard, Lord, you will back them up as they share your good news, share the gospel, connect and communicate with people and connect them with Jesus. I pray that their lives too will be transformed even as you use them to transform other lives. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. If you are here today, and you are probably also watching online, and you say, brother, yes, I get it. I get it. But I don't know Jesus myself. 
so that I can become seed planted by him among the nations. Pray for me. I'll be glad to pray for you. If you're here, all eyes bowed and all eyes closed. And you say, brother, before you leave, pray for me. I want to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior so that I too can become sown as seed among the nations. So I too can serve the Lord among the nations, here locally, nationally, and even globally. If you are here, raise your right hand and I will pray for you. Even, whether you're, even if you are watching online, raise your right hand and I will pray for you. If you are here, raise your right hand before we go. You are in the gallery, you are in the congregation. If you are here, just raise your right hand. All eyes bowed and all eyes closed. All eyes bowed, you are raising the hand only to the Lord. Raise your right hand and I will pray for you. If you are here as well, if you are here as well, You know that God has planted your seed among the nations. You have somebody in mind that God is laying upon your heart to go and connect with this week. Or you don't even know anybody, but you have a store. You have a destination that God is saying, go there this week. You've heard the story. You're here and you say, brother, pray for me. As I go to those stores, I go to that location, I go to that destination this week, that I will become sown a seed among the nation. Raise your right hand and I will pray for you as you go to those locations this week. Raise your right hand. Thank you. Any more? I see those hands. Any more? I see the hand. Thank you. I see the hand in the gallery. I see the hand as well. Thank you. Any more? You're raising your hand to go this week. Thank you. You can put down the hand. Any more? If you have no... Okay, thank you. I see the hand. Put it down. Any more? Any more? Thank you. I see your hand too. Thank you. Any more? In the gallery? If you are there, I may not be able to see you very well. Online? Just raise your hand. Father, I thank you for this. In response to your word, they've seen themselves as sown as seeds among the nation as they step out this week to various locations and various destinations. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that the Holy Spirit will back them up. And Lord, you bring the people to Jesus through them and bring them to fellowship with your church as well, according to the scriptures. And we'll give you all the glory. Thank you, Lord, for the way you've spoken to us today. Thank you for the way you've chosen to meet with us today. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. And let the church say...